This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents nearly 120,000 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members around the state. One of the reasons I love doing these Education Matters podcasts every week is because we get to talk to those OEA members and shine the spotlight on what some of our amazing members are doing every single day. This week's guest, of course, is no stranger to that spotlight. In fact, he was featured in radio and streaming TV spots statewide just a few weeks ago as part of OEA's ongoing Education Champions campaign. Let's listen. The Ohio Education Association congratulates Larry Carey, a positive behavioral interventions and supports coordinator in Columbus City Schools, this week's Education Champion. The reason why I wanted to be a PBIS coordinator for the district is it was all about relationships, keeping those relationships with teachers, educators, and stakeholders. I'm super passionate about that. I still can get to go into a classroom and maybe work one-on-one with a student. I still get to train teachers on how to build those relationships. That's why I do it. As you heard there, Larry Carey is a PBIS coordinator in Columbus these days, but he's also a children's book author, and he's pretty involved with OEA Retired, joining that group years before he plans to retire himself. And I have questions about that. So, to find out more about all that and more, we asked Larry to join us for this podcast. Larry Carey, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We have so much to talk about today, but I want to start with what you're doing now as your normal day job. Uh, You're a PBIS coordinator. What exactly is that? All right. Hi, everybody. Uh, Larry Carey here. Uh, My title is District PBIS Coordinator for Columbus City Schools, and PBIS uh, stands for Positive Behavior Intervention and Supports. So pretty much my main job is to go into a building and help build that culture and climate for educators and students, also for stakeholders and families. Um, that's my main job. Also building that relationship and getting those expectations for the students to uh, succeed. Um, and that came about with House Bill 318, which was the PBIS bill, which states that we have to do PBIS across the state of Ohio. So that's what that is. Um, we work with the TFI, which is a walkthrough tier fidelity inventory. So what has your experience been in this role in terms of the difference you see with your kids through this particular program? My experience with this role so far is just still seeing the assignment on kids and kids, students and teachers coming together to work out expectations, getting that student voice, because it's a lot about getting that student voice. So coming up with those expectations together and following through. So for example, Today, I was in the classroom and I had a meeting at first in the morning and then I got to serve a classroom. And when a student kind of got out of line a little bit, the teacher pointed to the wall and said, hey, what is respectful like? You know, that's one of our expectations. We came up with it together. So tell me what it means to be respectful. And that student said it and kind of got back in line. It was like, I'm sorry, I got overexcited. So th- those are great experiences. And of course, you are very used to dealing with kids who get overly excited. I know before you became the PBIS coordinator, you got your start as a teacher, as a pre-K teacher in Columbus. Uh, What was that like? 
Oh, pre-K, I miss it sometimes. I love pre-K. Um, I got my start in Columbus City School as a teacher in pre-K. And if you go back, I was I started off as a substitute teacher and I subbed in the pre-K classroom, got hired, became a pre-K IA and decided to go back to school to get my license. And I got my license to be a pre-K teacher. So it was fun. I loved pre-K. Pre-K was one of those grades where kids came in not knowing too much. And when they left, they can tell you uh, where Jupiter is and how many rings it has. Or Ceres is in the Astro Belt. It was funny because those kids, are they soaked in so much information. And in my classroom, we had a high expectation. So that's where the book came from, actually teaching pre-K. That's where the ideal came from and step up to quality. Okay, so I love that you mentioned the book, and we're going to come right back to that. But first... I want to talk to you a little bit more about your experience in that pre-K classroom, because as a black male educator, there are, we know uh, the the education workforce in Ohio is overwhelmingly white and it's overwhelmingly female. So there are very few black male educators to start with. And then when we take that into the pre-K level, um, I feel like you were a bit of a unicorn in that role. There are very, very few. Why was it so important to you to be in that role? Um, I, it was important because most times kids don't get a, a positive uh, image or a positive role model that looks like them. Me being a black educator, I became that father figure. I became that role model for them at an early age. Um, in Columbus City Schools, I think when I was there, and I'm not sure now, there was only two, 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 two black male pre-K teachers, and I think there was one other male teacher that was a pre-k student so yes we're in the meetings in order in a room full of women which are cool but it was like just us so when those kids come in they see us they can be like oh that's a that's a that's a man that's a i can be like him because you know in my classroom you can be anything you want to be we we you know we did imaginary things and say hey if you dream it think it you can do it so and if you that's why you can be it that's why that representation matters Yep. And me being there, me, them seeing me, like I said, I became a, a father figure to them. I became that role model and they were my kids. I treated them as my two children. I treat my two children. And you're still continuing to serve that population. As you mentioned, uh, yes. you have a book called Alliteration Boosts Communication, and it is an ABC's book that is just so wonderfully delightful. Um I'm going to take a minute right now and just play a little clip from the book. Take a listen. E, elated educators embrace eccentric expressions. F, Felicia's family feels painfully festive. G, gracefully giving God gratifying glory. H, humorous humanitarians have hysterical homes. Larry, I just love it so much. I I was listening to these just fun uh, turns of phrases here. It is not your typical ABC's book. It is a high level of vocabulary. Why was that something yes. you wanted to do? Well, one of the things I did um, in my classroom when I taught pre-K, and this is actually a true story that gave me the ideal to spark my brain to write it. Um, Pre-K in the state of Ohio is ran by Step Up to Quality. Step Up to Quality comes in, um, I believe, every three years, and we do have visits. Um, one year, uh, we had a visit, and actually, it was going to start off. It, it started off pretty bad, and I'm blessed that it turned around. Um, 
I had a TBT. Teachers know what TBT is, teacher-based training. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't even in my classroom. I didn't know my IA called off that day. So the uh, special uh, needs pre-K teacher sent her IA over. So when I get to the room, the state person from Step Up is in my room. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And my room is chaotic. <laughs> but everybody knows me. If you go into my classroom, I have work everywhere. So I put up the work that we're doing and then I take it down and replace it with new stuff. But I keep it up. That way the kids can see what they do. That way when their parents come in, they can see what they've done. And it was exciting. Off topic. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so we get in the room. She's in there. and She's like, what is going on? Now, we're in compliance because there's only 11 kids. But, you know, the special needs IA is in the room holding it down for me. And I'm like, this is going to be a very melancholy day. Now, I use those words in my kids because, like I said, four and five year olds are geniuses. They'll pick up anything. And she looked at me like, ain't that a little bit development and inappropriate to use those words? And I was like, um, no, they're sponges. And my kid came over and tugged my shirt and said, Mr. Carey, don't be sad. And I jumped up like, boy, you just made me elated in the whole classroom. Mr. Carey, happy, y'all. And she looked around my room and she seen all the work and she said, well, I do know there's learning going on here. So this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to come back. This visit didn't happen. And she came back. We got five stars. But it helped because at that particular time, I was bringing in a whole new culture and climate for Trevor anyway, for my, my pre-K classroom. Because prior to me going to Trevor, um, we didn't they didn't we didn't pass the inspection or, you know, we didn't have five stars for step up. My whole tenure at Trevitt, we had five stars twice, even though last year it was a team effort because I was in that fellowship. So, but yeah. That started this idea for your book, but it, it a book is way more than just an idea. It's a lot of hard work to get it to where you are now. Talk to me a little bit about that process. So this book was two years in the, in the making. That, that started it. And I remember looking like, man, I should do something with alliterations because I seen a book, I forget what it was called, but it was an alliteration book and it was something like apple ate apricot. And it was something small, you know, and I'm like, I want my kids to learn words. Our, our, our kids in general don't get the vocabulary words. But when I do the presentations with, with districts about my book, um, there's a slide that talks about my why, right? So total words heard by age four, you know, professional family, higher end, 1%, 45 million words that they hear before the age of four. Working class families, 26 million words. And I believe poverty is about 13 million words. And I work in a district where most of our kids is on free and reduced lunch, consider poverty. So I want to make sure they heard high level vocabulary words like ambitious, agitate, agile, bodacious, um, callous. It was contentious, but I changed it. I've changed it so many times. Lethargic. Lethargic is negative, but still kind of know what that is. Loquacious, umbrageous, those are all vocabulary words that are in my book that they was hear and learn and also break down. Those stats that you brought up, I think, really speak to the need for this. Um, we know there is an achievement gap. When we're talking about uh, standardized testing, which is its whole different kettle of fish, if you will. But we do know that there is an achievement gap based very strongly on um, the socioeconomic factors for a family. And people who come from families of poverty, their parents are holding down so many jobs. They don't have the time those those very wealthy families do in terms of just having that access to the words. Um, your book is for everyone. And I think that is so important. 
How has it been received by everyone so far? So far, I've gotten nothing but good reviews. I made the book from pre-K to eighth. It's mostly targeted, of course, early childhood, um, elementary, being an ABC book. But there is activities for older kids, older students. And yes, the misconception, like even when I was at Trevitt, was our families are not working. Our parents are not working. And I had families working two to three jobs. So it was kind of hard for them to get home and work on, you know, homework or I ready or something with kids. So I, I love the fact that you said that. But yes, I made it for pre-K through eighth. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it, it, it's good hearing the kids walk around and saying, hey, Mr. Carey, I'm late today. Or, you know, hey, Mr. Carey, I'm feeling really, really bodacious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I have an almost four-year-old and he, I, some of the words that he says sometimes, I just cannot believe that came out of a child's mouth and not always the four letter words that I am ashamed to say he's learned from me. Um, <laughs> so, I, I see exactly what you mean about kids just being absolutely able to absorb this if they're given access to it. Yes. Um, one of the ways you are increasing access to these words and to this vocabulary and this really just fun experience of reading your book is you've read it as part of this upcoming Read Across America campaign with OEAR, OEA Retired. So you've already recorded you reading your own book, and it will be up as part of that campaign on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, there's a website that's all going to start in March. But wait a second. You are an active teacher. Wait a second. Why are you an OEAR? I'm an OEAR. Um, some of you may know this and some of you don't. Prior to me taking, getting um, invited to the NEA Organizing Fellowship Academy, which I did last year, which was great, um, I was part of one, the Ohio New Educators. And one of my jobs in one was to partner up with OEAR to do a lot of initiatives to get retired teachers to kind of uh, mentor the newer teachers, the educators. Um, so that was my job there. So always me and Mr. Phil always had a good relationship. Um, so that's where doing a lot of things the OEAR came from. And even as a organizer last year for NEA, OEA, I got to work with them. So I always got still got to do things with Mr. Phil and, and OEAR. So when he asked like, hey, have a book we want to support do you mind reading this yes anything for you because you helped out us when we needed help out I'll, I'll be there for you it's a it, it that's part of being in a union that sisterhood brotherhood that you know love for each other so that's that's the logist of it I don't <laughs> know how many active educators realize that you don't have to retire to join oeAR right. What is the benefit for you of being a member of OEAR now? It's one thing to, you know, thank Phil Long for his help while you are a one member. It is another thing to be an active member like you are. Yes. Um, one of the benefits is you're going to get some wisdom. You're going to get to learn about STRS, your retirement. They're going to talk, talk to you about that, how you can be an advocate, how you can also be an advocate as a whole of going down and getting bills um, at the state level with house bills and Senate bills. And it's also that recruitment piece as well. Like you can be a member of OEAR and not be retired, but initially you're a member of OEA, you're going to be part of that anyway when you retire. So you might as well work with those group of people, build those relationships with those group of people, get that wisdom for that group of people because 
like you learn things. We're forever learners. And I learned from so many people in OEAR, not just in OEA, but OEAR too, about how things was, the history, how we can make this better, um, suggestions on other things. So those are all great reasons to join OEAR. If you haven't joined it, go ahead and join it and also be part of your union as a whole, OEA. What are some of the things that you learn um, from being around the retirees? One of the biggest lessons I have, I mean, this this goes back from just anything uh, union related was your relationships matter, right? Rela- that's the biggest lesson I've learned. Relationships matter. They matter so much in this line of work. They matter so much when you're advocating, building those relationships with with um, state reps, with state senators, with with congresswomen, uh, congressmen. Those relation, relationships matter. It matters in your classroom. It matters with getting, you know, going back to the classroom level. If you don't have a relationship with that student, how can you teach that student? If you don't have a relationship with that parent, how can you communicate with that parent? They got to know you care. Once they know you care, you can do, you can do, you, you, you can teach the ocean and they're going to dive into you because they know you care. They know you have your best in- interests. So the biggest lesson I'll take away from that is relationship matters. Larry, you've mentioned your role last year uh, with OEA, NEA. What exactly did you do and why? Okay, so last year, um, September 15th was my actually last time in the classroom for pre-K. And then I transitioned into the NOFA fellowship, which 12 educators across the country were invited. And I was one one of the 12 out of Ohio. Well, I was the only one out of Ohio, but one of the 12 across the country. What NOFA stands for is the NEA Organizing Fellowship Academy. So I was invited to do to learn the role of an organizer through NEA, and I got to work with OEA. So I got trained by Will Clatt, which was a great organizer at OEA. Now he's a, a labor relations consultant, and I did that for a whole year. Um, I got to work on an array of projects. I, I did three strikes. I got to work um, on the Geneva strike help organize that as a site cap- captain, what, you know, was there. Um, the Minneapolis strike in Minneapolis, Minnesota, that was for NEA. And I also got to help plan this CA strike, our strike um, in Columbus, Ohio. So that was a great experience. I also got to do a lot of professional development trainings where I actually got to facilitate trainings about relationship building, um, about uh, classroom management for, for our members. Um, there's so many things I got to do. It was such a great role. Uh, I, I learned a lot. Um, I got to advocate, uh, help out in campaigns. So we, we got a, uh, ESC board member elected. I got to help, uh, Congresswoman Sykes election, uh, up in Akron, um, not work with her campaign per se, but help out because, you know, D- DNC, uh, in, you know, organizing, I learned a lot. It was a ton of ton of stuff I learned. So it was a good it was a good row. And then coming back to the classroom after that experience, uh, what difference does that make for you and your students now? Coming back to districts like I heard you was leaving. We we know you have all this experience. So they were like, apply for this position, which was the district PBIS coordinator position, uh, which is it's a lot similar, right? I still get to do professional development basically on culture and climate, also relationship building. You know, we talked about that relationship part. The TFI, working with the state on the TFI, the Tier Fidelity Inventory, making sure that that self-assessment is filled out correctly, that our teachers, our educators in those schools, I got 19 buildings, 
Um, I'm primary for 10, secondary for the other nine, but 19 buildings overall in Region 2, making sure those teachers understand what the state is looking for. So those are some of the things that we share with them in that uh, TFI. There's the TFI 1, 2, and 3. In Ohio, it's bronze, silver, and gold. So our goal for Columbus City Schools is to get, of course, all our schools start at least bronze. Right now, we have 44 buildings out of 113 bronze um, starred, not bronze, I'm sorry, starred. Um, and you go back to 2017, they only have one. So now we're making a lot of progress. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Especially with culture and climate. Well, we are so grateful to have our ongoing relationship with you, Larry. You're always so involved and so helpful. And it is it has truly been wonderful to just see all you're able to accomplish all the time. I'm in awe. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm in awe with y'all. I'm in awe with you with the work that you do to making sure to get that message out that, hey, your union cares, your union matters, and we care about education as a whole, not just in Ohio, but across the country. If you'd like to get a copy of Larry's book, you can find the link in the show notes for this episode. We also have links to the OEAR Read Across America landing page, where you can check out the books the OEAR members read last year and keep an eye out for the new editions that will be added there this spring. And while you're online, send me an email at educationmatters at ohea.org. I want to hear from you about what you think of this podcast, what you want to hear in the future, and how we can help make sure this message and this medium best serves you. New Education Matters episodes drop every Thursday morning, and you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay well.